Hi, I'm Mike McDonald, founder and CEO of Recess Guardians and Under Armour Ambassador, and this is the Mountain Movers Podcast. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you, the ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time, your chance to become more than they believe you are, more than you believe you are. So let's do this together. Welcome back. I'm sitting here with Mike McDonald. Mike, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. Um, just to kick things off, I think yeah, a very good start to my episodes is when I ask the guest who they are and what they do. So Mike, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> uh, good question. So I'm Mike McDonald and I'm the founder and CEO of Recess Guardians. And what we do is we're a charitable organization that works to develop confidence and leadership skills in youth through playing physical activity. And we do that in a wide variety of ways in schools across Canada. That is really, really remarkable. I mean, what inspired you to create Recess Guardians? What, what set that off? Yeah, so I've been at it for going on 13 years. And how it really got started was between high school and university, my parents made me take a year off from school. They said I have to work, I had to travel, but I couldn't go to university. So what, did I, what I ended up doing was working at a school in Saskatoon, where I'm originally from. During that time, what I saw was that recess was actually being eliminated from a lot of schools due to disciplinary issues or problems on the playground or kids just not wanting to be active. And I thought that was a travesty because that's where I gained all my confidence and kids were losing confidence on the playground at recess. So I said, you know what, time to make a change and ended up launching Recess Guardians during my second year of university in the kinesiology program. And yeah, to date, we've launched in over 700 schools across Canada. We've had interest from over 2,000 more schools, and it just kind of keeps going higher and higher. So what really caught my attention there was the fact that schools now, I mean, I've been out of, you know, middle school, elementary school for quite some time now, but you're saying that schools are actually threatening to take away recess? Yeah, yeah, it's it's happened in a variety of schools, and whether they're taking it away outright or they're going down to one recess or they're restructuring recess where it's more not as, like, free play-centric, it's more, like, organized things. I It's kind of just been a lost art in a lot of ways. Right. Wow. And so with the Recess Guardians, uh, what are you guys hoping to do? Do you guys implement some type of alternative or do you guys fight to keep re Recess alive or what does that look like? Yeah. So the way we do it is we go into the school, we train a group of students in a, typically a grade four to six classroom. 
in games and activities. And then we have them through a couple unique approaches, deliver games on the playground. So we really try and focus on the whole kid centric leadership and taking, like I said, the onus away from teachers having to teach at recess. We want kids to have the opportunity to take the lead. And what we've seen to have found is that when you empower kids and especially kids who have never been seen as a leader, never been seen to have really a voice, if you empower them in a certain way, not only are they stronger leaders than you may have thought, but this follows them to the classroom. This makes them more engaged, put their hand up, answer more questions, come to school more even. So yes, we do it through playing physical activity. And yes, we are a recess program, but it really follows them to all aspects of their life. That's like a huge step forward, I would say. I mean, if I was given the opportunity as such a young kid to lead to lead recess recess is seen as this super you know fun and adventurous time in the day and it's like a break from all the seriousness that school has and if I was given the opportunity to take that lead and and you know get people involved and included I feel like I would have just risen to the occasion and I'm sure you see a lot of young individuals do the exact same absolutely and you're completely right What a lot of people don't understand about recess is typically people have either a really good experience or or good thoughts about recess, or they have very negative or like bad thoughts about recess. And what we want to make and show is that everyone can have a positive uh, feeling about recess just by giving kids the power or giving kids the wheel and saying, take, take it, like drive the car wherever you want to go. Because we like to compile kids into certain boxes and say from a young age, certain students are deemed to be either a leader or your follower. To be honest with you, any kid has the ability to lead. We just need to show them that there are different ways that you can lead. You know, you don't need to be the person who's standing in front and giving instructions. You can be the person demonstrating. You can be the person organizing the other kids. You can be the person just bringing out the equipment, throwing it on the playground and telling everyone, hey, use the equipment, let's play, and then gathering it and bringing it back inside. But we need to really show that leadership can take so many different forms instead of that whole, just because you're the loudest, just because you're the most outspoken means you're the strongest leader because that's not the case. Right. How can we actually identify a leader in a group of people? What defines a leader? A leader, in my eyes, is someone who's passionate about what they're doing and that passion exudes to other people. So like I said before, it's not about the person who's always speaking or the one who's in front of the group. It could be someone who's just being a leader by their actions or leader by demonstrating. We need leaders out there who are going to be very excited about what they're doing because that's going to like flow through the whole group, which will allow everyone to really have that same passion and to get behind a certain cause or a certain game or program at the same level as that one person. So I think it's got to be the person who's really passionate and excited about something. And you might be a good leader in, let's say, in an art program or a sports program, or you might be a good leader in like math or science. Like leadership can take different forms in different areas. Absolutely. It's funny. I mean, now we both know that, you know, we're, we're both Under Armour ambassadors. And I think our duty as, 
as an Under Armour ambassador is to is to be that light for people who maybe don't see a light themselves. You know, we need to be that representation of whether it's, you know, getting active or staying focused or finding drive in really whatever it is you you want to do. It's my responsibility to 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 find that inspiration and to kind of shed exactly what I just said, that light on on you know, there are dark days, but there are also a lot of really good days. And it's about finding the contrast between the two. Do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's a great way of saying it. And especially during this time with the pandemic, we tend to look at things through such a negative lens that people like you, Jake, for instance, like you're giving me the chance to speak on what we're doing on your podcast and allowing me to share my message to your followers. And I just really appreciate that. But the thing that we need to really show is even though there are those negative times and there those negative lights, we can still create positive memories in this time. And we can still have those positive thoughts and positive experiences. We just need to really like look at the world in a little bit of a different way, turn the negative to the, like off and really try and turn that positivity on. Not only do I, do I find it hard sometimes to, to see past what, you know, what I'm doing right now, but given the circumstances and, you know, the, the amplified disconnection with, with, with people around us, it's, it's hard to feel like nowadays that there is going to be, that this will ever end. I have my days and I think everybody has their days and it's just, it's, it's nice to have these conversations with people, especially in this time and it reminds me every single day why I do what I do. That's, that, that's incredible. And I, I love exactly what you're saying because you're speaking to so many people and so many people are having the same thoughts you're having. I think, too, that one thing we need to keep in mind is people a lot of times during this time are really trying to bury themselves in work or something just to keep themselves busy and to keep their mind off of what's going on in this world. And I think we really need to understand that during this time, it's important to take a step back and to really like focus on your health and focus on uh, certain things that aren't just work related, or it's not healthy just to bury yourself in this stuff. We need to still create those times where we have to sit back and think and really analyze what's going on. And yes, it's negative. And yes, we are all going to have negative times and negative thoughts and so forth. It's just that whole, it's okay to take a break and it's okay to breathe a little bit. Absolutely. And it's nice because with this podcast, with the Mountain Movers podcast, it's, it's really opened up these doors. You know, these conversations that I have with people um, just like yourself reminds me that there is so much good going on in the world. And it's, and it's, it's nice to be able to find that myself, you know, no one's, no one's handing me this opportunity. It's me chasing it. And that's exactly what you're doing with recess guardians. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I tend to be a guy who likes to ask a lot of questions. So I'm interested, like, how did you get into this? Like, how did you get into the whole ambassador area? And like, Obviously, you have a passion. I follow you on Instagram and just like thrive off of the positivity you exude. But like, I'm just interested in your backstory because I think, yeah, I, I'm very interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 22. I live in Toronto. I'm from Ottawa. Um, and I've been, I've been a dancer 
since I was nine years old. And I went to Ryerson University here in Toronto uh, for dance. And that took me, and I just graduated uh, 2020. But recently, uh, I'd say 2019, I got into running, like uh, very, very, uh, very into running. My sister, my older sister, Grace, she, uh, her and I ran the 2019 New York City Marathon together. And that was like my first taste of you know, what else is out there? What else can I make happen for myself? What else can I do? And honestly, from that point on, after we ran that marathon, uh, I was I was hooked. And so I'm still running and I'm still trying to push my, my physical limits as well as my mental limits. Um, and I think that's that's what uh, brought me to to Under Armour is, is my running journey. But my podcast, I started back in December, 2019. It was actually after I ran the marathon, but it's, it's been an idea in my head for quite a long time and quite a long time before it actually dropped. So this was something I was creating in my head and in my notes on my phone late at night, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's taken me to this point here. And I release weekly episodes where I chat with people like yourself, remarkable people, people that really inspire me and open my eyes to what else the world has to offer. And yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's my backstory. Well, that, that's incredible. And I, I got to ask you because I ran the Chicago marathon. Mm. How, like, how cool is running a marathon like a New York where the whole time you're surrounded by people, not only running, but cheering and like pumping you up and stuff like just explain to me like how that made you feel. Of course, it's especially given it was my first full marathon. I think to start what is now like my my fire, it was it was an experience that I'll I'll never forget, especially New York being such a big 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 race with, you know, tens of thousands of people there. Um obviously that is <laughs> why it was canceled this year because of how many people and and obviously it's it doesn't follow COVID uh, guidelines um, evidently, but it's an experience that you know I I, re- I will really never forget and is something that I you know I'm hoping that we get it back sometime soon you know and uh, Chicago especially like I was supposed to run Chicago this year I uh, I got the lottery and it was uh, you know I was super excited but you know the reality is that it just it's not in it's not in the cards right now but how was chicago oh it was uh, well i i bonked pretty bad at 10 miles so i was wasn't feeling too good i had to walk run like kind of the last half of it unfortunately but the thing i just couldn't get like my head around was that the whole 26 miles you're surrounded by people and it's not like you're running in a loop it's not like you're doing uh one lap and then one more lap and then you're finished like you're running 26 straight miles and you're seeing a new person every step and people are cheering people are out of their homes handing out things like it's just i wish we could have that type of feeling in like in general and like in everyday life like having people in the hallways cheering you on and stuff and i just i found it so cool and the big thing for me the reason i like to run for sure is the food 
<laughs> I like to eat. I like to eat a lot. And if I run, I feel like I can eat more and more. So I'm happy with that. So my like go-to was always just like, get done so you can have a deep dish pizza. Like that's all you want. You're going to demolish a whole one and you'll probably eat another one tomorrow, but just get it done. So like with you, what was your go-to meal after it? Or what were you kind of like focusing on near the end? I just got to say that that hits so close to home. I am such a foodie, it's ridiculous. But for me, I think my biggest weakness, I mean, you say a deep dish pizza, I would say a deep dish ice cream cake, like something sweet, like a cheesecake or cookies or something like that. I just have the biggest sweet tooth. So honestly, um, I, I, I had this vision for right after New York, I was going to stuff my face with this and that, and you know, I deserved it and I earned it. But the reality was my mom brought back a, like a New York style pizza. And it was like nice and thin crust, greasy. I could literally only stomach one slice. <laughs> and then I probably had like a bite of ice cream after. And that's, that's it. That's all I could eat for like the rest of the day. It's yeah, it's, it's such a weird feeling when you're done too, because you want to eat so much, but your, mm -hmm. your stomach just isn't taking it, but you're just kind of consistently hungry for the next couple days. How was the day after? How sore were you? Were you able to get out of bed? What kind of things were you feeling? Yeah, so I actually, I was still in school at the time. So uh, with my program, with my dance program, I had to, um, I was in sort of rehearsal mode for a show that was premiering like two weeks later after the race and so I was back I remember we ran on the um on the Sunday yeah on the Sunday and I got in I got in a flight Monday morning to get back to Toronto for rehearsal at like 3 p.m and so I was right back in rehearsal my legs were jello but I, you know I had to put a smile on and act like it didn't hurt because my teachers at the time they didn't know what I was doing because I knew that they wouldn't approve of it. So I kind of had to go around, around that a little bit, but all in all, you know, I'm still here today to, to tell the tale and uh, I honestly wouldn't have had it any other way. Oh, that's uh, well, good for you. Cause I think I wasn't able to crawl out of bed till I think noon <laughs> the next day. So the fact that you were able to go and go to a rehearsal, you're a better person than I am. Cause there's no <laughs> chance I could even consider that. I think we can both agree though. Staircases are the hardest part. Oh, and the key is you have to walk down stair, like backwards yeah. down staircase. Yeah. That makes all the difference. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's hilarious. I guess like uh, a lot of marathoners have the same. I mean, every everyone's story is unique, but you know, we all do it for the same reasons. It looks like <laughs> takeaways are that the staircase is the hardest, and that we run for food. <laughs> yeah, and I. I I want to say it's like I want to run just because I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. And, yeah, that that's all fine and, like, positive. It's all about the food. Like, it's all about and I have a sweet tooth like you too and stuff. So I'm 100% there. I, I wish it was a better reason, but it's all about the food at the end of the day. All right. So uh, if we can uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the Recess Guardians, I think something that I would – love to hear more about are, you know, some of the skills that your program teaches. Yeah. So what we've done just quickly going over is we've launched an online program this year because usually we would go into the schools and now we can't. So we've launched an online program with five different modules and these modules deal with leadership, inclusion, sportsmanship, uh, communication and conflict resolution. 
And so what we really want to do is teach these students different things that are going to allow them to be successful throughout life, not just in school, not just from nine till three. We want them to gain skills that are going to be lifelong for them. With it, we always have a game and activity that's going to help amplify what we're doing. And we want them to learn that whole teamwork approach as well and learn that everyone in a team has something to offer. So Yes, we're throwing a lot at them with the five modules, but we really try and keep it as simple as possible and really let them learn on the fly. Yeah, I think there's something very empowering about um, letting them sort of adapt to that. I mean, just letting it sink in and seeing how they respond to it. Yes, yeah, and that's one thing we found is we've worked with schools, like I said, all over Canada and all types of communities. And every school has their own need or has their own unique way of doing things, which is amazing. We, there shouldn't be just one size fits all. Every school should be able to do it every way. And that's very similar with our program too. Some schools run our program every recess and have for the past five years. Some schools run it once a week and that's it. Some schools have gym classes like kids lean gym classes. It's all about what you make of it. And why we like to do it that way is allow them to feel empowered to make it their own. And it almost allows the kids to feel more ownership over it, which will allow them to want to do it more and more throughout the year. It's funny. It sounds like you're through playing and through all these fun activities, you're like kind of just teaching them like morals and responsibility and all these like different values that I think as adults in the past, um, they've like instilled it as like this like serious notion that like, this is what you have to learn to, to be, a you know, a successful person, but you're, you're teaching it through methods that, you know, kids actually enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we do like the whole classroom, learning, whether it's math, science, it's all important. But at the end of the day, if a student doesn't learn how to communicate with one another, be social, if they don't learn about sportsmanship, heck, if they don't learn that what it's like to be a good winner and a good loser, how are they going to respond in the future? And that's one thing we've really tried to focus on in our program is the whole idea of resiliency and saying, you know, you may have lost that game, but you're going to play that game three or four times throughout this whole, this recess period. So just, it's important to get back and playing, not whether you won or lost. It's important just to show that it's how you rebound. And if we're teaching that at a young age, if we're showing them that, you know, the winning and losing isn't that important. Yes, it's there, but it's important how much you play. They're going to respond better when maybe they get out of university and they don't get the first job they want after an interview or they are in school and they maybe flunk a test. We want to show them that you, it's not about how you like, you may, you may screw up in life. Mistakes are going to happen. And it's about how you rebound after that mistake and how you learn from it is how you're going to succeed in life. Mm -hmm. And I strongly believe that, you know, when you leave room to play, whatever playing means to you, it, it translates into the person you're aspiring to be. I mean, I'm, I'm 22, which is still very young, but, you know, as I, 
as I grow up, there's something really special about staying in touch with your youthfulness. Yes, exactly. And we got to show people that just because you're out of elementary school or out of high school, you can still play, you can still be active. And it's just, you still got to push that through every like aspect of your life. It's an important piece to still have fun and be active in whatever way you see fit. So how have um, schools and students responded to the Recess Guardians in the past? Uh, tremendously. And that's one thing that we're finding is we have 97% of schools request us back the year after we work with them. So it's a very high rate. And I think it's just, again, it comes down to we're empowering them to run it how they want. And we're not making them fill out a bunch of forms or a bunch of like, we need this data and stuff. Sure, we need some data just in order to allow us to present it to our funders and sponsors, which are tremendous. But we want them just to take it and run with it how they want. And by keeping it simple, we're able to get this type of responses. And we're hearing stories of kids putting their hands up more, kids showing up more to school, which in a lot of ways, kids don't necessarily feel that school is relevant to them. If they're not the best at math or they're not the best in science or they're not doing great in class, a lot of times kids might shy away from it or might be like, well, I don't want to be a teacher or a lawyer. Why would I go to school? Well, if you can show them and demonstrate to them that you can be a recess guardian who's teaching games at recess and this is your recess to do it, they take it like a job and they really like take pride in it, which is really cool. And it gives them that reason and purpose to not only come to school, but maybe come early or participate in class because they don't want to have to sit out a recess. They want to be out there and be active and have that opportunity because as, as you know, you're obviously a leader and by leading, it gives you that certain high that you just it's hard to come down from and that you want it over and over again. And so by them teaching games and getting that high, it's going to follow them to other aspects. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and something that actually, you know, something that just popped in my head, um, the amount of times as a kid, I, you know, people would ask me, what's your favorite subject? And I would say recess. I feel like this <laughs> gives them the ability to own that, to say, yeah, recess is my favorite. And this is why. Yeah, exactly. And that's, we want to give them that. We want to make them fall in love with recess again. That's what we're kind of hoping. So what would you say to someone listening right now that's headed down a path of education? You know, what sort of advice, given the values of recess guardians and everything that you do, what kind of advice would you send their way? Don't be scared to give your kids something to be responsible for, or don't be scared to give your students the chance and putting them in front of a group or putting them in charge of a task. Because again, a lot of times we're in a helicopter society where adults like to control everything the kids do and steer them in the right direction. And we're scared to let them run and scared to let because they might fall or scared to really let them take chances. Let your kids take chances because more often than not, they're going to succeed. And if they don't succeed, be there to pick them up and help them understand how they can succeed in the future. Don't feel like you have to control every aspect. 
kids are very resilient if we give them the opportunity to be, and they are going to amaze us in a lot of different ways. So just teach with passion, teach with energy, and really hand over some power to those kids because they'll amaze you every time. And how can, you know, someone my age or older take that same advice and apply it to their lives? Because I know that as a runner, uh, I'm always searching for that outside inspiration when really the inspiration is, is right inside of me. Well, that's a good question. So I was going to say the things you can learn as an adult are just the idea that, yeah, not every day is going to be your best day and not every run is going to be your best run. Some days you train for months for a race and then you get to that race, like the Chicago Marathon, and your body lets you down. So you just got to understand that certain things happen in life, but whether whether it's a positive or a negative, you got to keep pushing forward and still treat every new task as a, a new task. And you got to really be able to really forget about the past and kind of just move forward with the future. But as for motivation, like it's all about that what drives you and what really makes you excited for running and for instance like I love seeing better times when I'm running or if I'm doing certain like 200 or 400 meter repeats and seeing how much faster I can go but at the end of the day too I love to drive myself hard enough so that I find my legs are weak afterwards and that I can go and eat something big after and I'm looking forward to that so I think it's just that idea don't let little negative things in life slow you down. Just try and reset your mind, try and reset your attitude and go into every new meeting or every new workout with a refreshed state of mind and it's going to pay off going forward. I love the sound of that. And is that something that you think you embodied as, you know, you said you said the race, you know, at mile 10 didn't feel exactly how you wanted it to feel. But are those mindsets that you carried with you in that race? Yeah, for sure. Because I, well, yeah, I wanted to finish it. I was like, I came all the way out here, and who cares how I do now? My time's gone. I might as well just have a good time and finish the race. And I think that goes true with business too. You, there are, I get told no one hundred times more than I get told yes. And it's that whole, how do you respond back from? being rejected from a proposal or so forth. You just, you need to really be good at resetting that mindset and just understanding that just because you got told no before, doesn't mean you're not going to get told next or yes on this next proposal or this next offer or so forth. So yeah, it's, I think running and being an athlete really follows through with business and it allows you to have that same type of mindset in both areas. So what do you see moving forward, you know, Recess Guardians, what it is now, I'm sure looks a hell of a lot different than it did when you first started it back in 2011. So moving forward, what are some things that you are excited about? So one thing we're just launching right now is a program called Activate Your School. And it is a physical box that contains equipment and programming for a two month period. Each class will get it every two months, and the idea behind it is it has everything in there to keep the kids busy every day for at least 
15 to 30 minutes throughout the school year. Our idea here was that we wanted to get kids off devices, get them off their phones and computers, and just let them play and kind of take it back old school. We've had a really good response. We ran it over the summer with an Activate Your Home program, and we actually ended up giving out over 1,000 boxes to 1,000 different families. We found that this allowed families to get together, create positive memories, and really create positive uh, experiences and bring them closer together. So I'm hoping with our program going forward, we're going to continue to be able to expand this Activate series. We're going to be able to expand our Recess Guardians program to be not just in school, but add a parent component as well to empower kids around the home and around their communities. So I think kind of the sky's the limit, but there's so many kids out there who just need the opportunity to lead whether it's through us or through some other organization, I just hope they get that because the stress and anxiety they're facing now with everything going on, it's incredible. We just need to show them that it's going to be okay, that we believe in them, and that there's some way that we can still make a difference, whether it's on the school level, the home level, or, yeah, on the community level. We're just, we just want to continue to make a difference and we're hoping to reach every school across Canada within the next couple of years. And when it first started, what was your mindset behind just implementing this? I'm sure it was just, you know, you're excited and you're eager and you're ready to just get going, but that doesn't always work out. You know, we don't always imagine these incredible things and, and have it just go super smoothly the whole time. So as much as you're, you're, you're speaking about the positive impacts that you guys are having in people's lives. Were there any times, there are any moments over the last almost decade that you guys or you personally found some hardships? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And especially off the start, people kind of thought I was crazy for trying to start a recess program because they were, they would think, well, recess, yeah, that kids just do that. Like it's already done. Kids shouldn't be taught how to play. And I still get that in most meetings I go into and be, and I've had some people say, isn't it kind of sad that you have to teach kids to play? And I say, absolutely it is. I don't want this job. Like if kids were playing and being active, then I'd be without a job and I'd do something else, but it's not happening. So I think that when I originally started it, it was more of a, let's start in the Saskatoon community and kind of see how it goes. But then we were getting uh, emails and calls from schools across Canada who were like, hey, how can we implement this? Or how can we get this started? And I kind of saw that, hey, it doesn't matter what city you're in or what town or village, kids still need to be taught how to play across the whole across the whole country so it's in a way it's i'm i wish i didn't have this job it, it's fun i find it i come to work every day with a lot of energy but it's sad too that kids need to be given this type of programming and it's not the educator's fault and it's not the parents fault it's just how we are as society right now that we need to really put play in the forefront and really try and promote it to people because without it a lot of those skills that kids need to succeed in life are going to be lost that they won't necessarily learn in the classroom i think it's amazing to see something that 
people think is un unnecessary or unimportant and you just see it unfold right in front of your eyes because you believe in what you're doing and you see it happening and and that's enough you know that's enough to keep going that's enough to keep teaching these kids how to play yeah and it, it all comes down to you're not going to impact every person you work with and we're not going to impact every kid we work with but if we're able to impact one student per school and show them that school has a purpose and show them that recess can be a fun time compared to a scary time or a negative time, well, then we're doing our job. And that's really what we focus on is just make an impact in one person. And from there, we feel it'll grow. And so if you could, you know, if you could write a letter, an email, send a text, a phone call to Mike back in 2011, you know, this, this individual with all these ideas and all these dreams about creating what you have now created, what piece of advice would you give him? Good question. Uh, I think it sounds, I, I don't know if it sounds negative, but make more mistakes. Like don't be scared to make mistakes because especially initially, I was always scared. Oh, what are people going to think? Like, don't reach out to this person. You'll get rejected and so forth. But I just realized you're going to make mistakes. You're, but you just have to learn from them and you just have to keep going forward and don't dwell on the whole, Oh, this, that was a mistake. This was a mistake. Yeah. You're going to make a mistake, flip the switch, move on. So I think that whole idea of being resilient and not being scared to reach out to certain people. Those are the things that I wish I did when I was younger. And now I really try and focus on that going forward. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, this conversation has been incredible. And just to wrap things up at the end of every episode, I do what I call a mountain minute. Now this is a rapid fire round of questions, easier, more laid back, more personal level. Perfect. Is that something we can do right now? Let's go. This, this, this is, is the Mountain Minute. Right. Three, two, one. Favorite movie? Oh, training day. Training day. Favorite food? Food, pizza. Go to breakfast. Oh, God. Eggos. <laughs> Favorite song? Oh, man. Um, oh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Tightrope. Where did you first hear that song? My friend Jason Hattie's house. What is your guilty pleasure song? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Might be a No Saints song. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry. Favorite day of the week? <sighs> Friday. Least favorite day of the week? Mm, Tuesday. Favorite color? Blue. What time do you usually go to bed? 11 p.m. What time do you usually wake up? 6 a.m. If you can make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? Oh, I have a dog. I, I love dogs. <laughs> if you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Oh, speak. Oh, man. Like, allowing more people to speak their mind, I guess. Like, not being as plugged politically correct if you could trade lives with anyone for a day who would it be 
Oh, Denzel Washington. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Oh, to like teleport between times. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Rain or shine? Shine. Day or night? Night. Favorite number? Ten. Where do you want to travel? Oh, uh, South Africa. Fill in the blank. This podcast is inspiring. Good word. I like that word. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, that stigma one. That was a. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to say. This is yeah. That was great. No, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me. I, I really appreciate uh, this conversation as I do with most conversations, but there was something about this that, I, I don't know, just given the time that we're in, given everything that has happened so far since 2020 has begun, uh, it really puts into perspective the importance that that kids have on just everyday life. Yeah, no, I, and again, I really appreciate being able to speak on it. It's, I don't get this opportunity that often. So yeah, it's just, I love what you're doing here and you're allowing people with voices who have something to say, to say it. So I just appreciate your time so much, Jake. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Have a good day. Okay, you too.